Welcome back. It's Recovery Sort Of, the podcast, where we explore the struggles of life, the challenges of mental health and recovery, and the spaces between. We express our personal views on life here, and this podcast is not meant to replace medical advice or tell anyone the right way to live. This podcast is best used as a place of curiosity and questioning to accompany you on your journey. Be aware there is strong language. This week, we're picking up where we left the conversation off last week. Here we go. How do you instill in your kids as they get to be adults that you are a safe place for them to go? You know, how many adults, they get married and they go out into the world and they end up either in financial struggles or abusive Mm -hmm. situations or issues with their marriage or their kids. And they don't look to their parents as a source of refuge, you know, a place of refuge or a place that they feel safe. And that's like what I think now is like, that's what I want to be for my kids as they go into the world and adulthood. And as we talked about, you know, my daughters are getting older. Uh, One of them, you know, is potentially in the next year getting married and moving away. And some of the conversations we've had have been about if she gets out there and has struggles, you know what I mean? They have any marital issues or whatever, like she's talking about moving to Arizona we were already talking like my oldest daughter and me and my wife were like, she's very unlikely to like call us and tell us mm-hmm. that she's struggling you know? mm-hmm. because she's like me. That's the one that wants to shut down the feelings. She's very unlikely to say, Hey, I'm out here and he's the only one working. I don't have an income. I don't have any money. I need to get out of here. Can you help me? Like, yeah. that's just not who she is. Yeah. And that is scary. You know what I mean? Like we, I would always hope that she would, you know, yeah. that she would feel like we were a safe place. But if I haven't conditioned that in her, right. that's not going to be her reaction. And and that's where I got two 18-year-olds and one that just turned 15. And I know my time to teach them something different and show them something else is very, very limited. And I am like doing my best and not trying to, in a way to pressure myself because that's not going to fucking get me anywhere. Right. But like... I know the time is now. I got a limited amount of time to model for them that they can come and be safe and, and that my place is a sanctuary. And truthfully, right now, Billy, I'm falling short of my intended goal because I argue with my wife way more than I would like to for a guy that thinks he understands what the fuck is going on between us. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Uh, and that does not create a sanctuary-like feeling. And I will say that, look, hey, you know, I will give myself credit where it's due that that arguing today looks a whole lot fucking different than arguing has throughout my life most of the time. Right. You know, it's a lot calmer. It's a lot more likely one of us is going to walk into the other room for a few minutes and then come back and join when we can. Like, there are some positives being displayed in this dis- disagreeableness too. You know, there's some how to get through being disagreeable, which I think we all need. It's it's hard. You can't just yeah. get along with everybody. They don't want the shit you want. Right. Yeah. yeah, and I mean, my wife and I got into a pretty, I call it a deep conversation, I don't know if she felt it was very deep, but we got into a pretty deep conversation about what, like, when I say I love her, and she says she loves me, mm-hmm. we mean very different things right. of what we're talking about. We do. We look at our marriage and our role as a partner very differently, and we don't even know it, because we haven't deeply discussed and worked out 
some of that stuff, you know. For me, when I talk about, you know, being her husband and loving her, I'm talking about taking care of all of her physical needs, uh, providing a safe place for her to live, uh, a nurturing environment for our children, uh, wanting to help her pursue her goals and dreams, a lot of those kind of things. Mm-hmm. What's missing that she's looking for is like to participate in her life an emotional <laughs> partner yeah like you know i'm, I'm speaking for my relationship right and now. so anyway we yeah, got yeah. into this big like conversation uh-huh. about you know we both believe that we love each other but i don't know that i love her from her perspective of love and right. we don't even understand right. that this is how we enter we just say i love you mm-hmm. And think that you mean the same thing that I think I'm talking about. Right. And the problem is, it's like, you remember the thing with the colors of the dress where there was like, is it gold or brown or whatever the two, I fucking can't remember the Mm -hmm. two colors. But it's like the same thing. When I look at that dress, it looks this way. Mm -hmm. And so when someone says it's brown, I'm like, well, how the fuck do you see brown? Like, what are you, like, I don't even understand what you're talking about. Right, right. So when she describes her version of love in our marriage, I'm the same way. I'm like, I don't fucking understand what you're talking about. Like, I see it this way and so where we've been lately is trying to understand the other person's way of love and recognizing like our differences and like she's trying to know that i'm doing the best i can and i'm getting better but i'm not when she says she needs these things i'm not there I, i i don't have that to give and it's not from lack of effort or desire or want it's because it you're saying it's fucking brown and it looks like this to me and so we're trying to to bridge that gap a little bit from from both ends one Mm -hmm. she's trying to be a little more understanding and not take things quite so personally and i'm trying to really get in touch with like feelings and emotions and like like you said, like just being like intimately involved in her day to day life about like feelings and stuff, you know, because, again, my yeah. version of my day is fuck all my feelings. I got to go to work. I got to come home and fucking take care of the dogs and this and that at the house and get these things done. And then at the end of the day, I can lay down and I, how I fucking feel doesn't cross my mind at 90 percent of my day. So when I'm not even thinking about how I feel, there fucking really isn't any space to think about how you're feeling. You know right. what I mean? <laughs> right, right. That's what I keep trying to... Yes. So <laughs> I've taken to... Um, how do you reprogram somebody that's got shitty programming and doesn't have the ability yet to be aware when it's happening? <laughs> so I text my wife throughout the day and I say, hey, take a breath. Ask your body what it needs. Do you need something to drink? Do you need to slow down and take a breath for a couple minutes? Do you need to use the bathroom? Do you need to, you know, just stop what you're doing? Like, whatever it is. Like, and and I don't know. That's my beginning idea of, like, how the fuck you reprogram somebody (laughs) is start putting a new idea in their head, right? Because that's where this came from. Watching somebody else do a behavior repeatedly. So maybe if I'm the one who starts asking, hey, stop, take a breath. What do you need? Maybe that will become the routine for her to think in her own head. You know, I get this thing throughout the day. Yeah, and like say, it, it gets back to almost like we talked about with the kids. I've 
I think I'm experiencing the most understanding and growth for myself when I stop trying to think that I'm fucking broken and that something's wrong with me and that I'm not okay exactly how I am right now. Because if, you know, if you want to get into whatever, God or higher, maybe I'm this way because God fucking made me this way. Mm -hmm. This is exactly who I am because this is exactly who God wants me to be. I am exactly who I was intended to be all along. So there's nothing wrong with me. I'm not broken. There isn't anything that, that, I need to psychoanalyze. I'm mm-hmm. just me. And let's start with that being 100% okay. And I can love this right. just exactly who yeah. I am. Yeah. And it can be okay. And I don't have to feel bad about being me anymore. Yes. So when I can start there, 100%. Then I can start looking at things that I can get better at. Yes. Not necessarily that are broken, but that I can get better at. Absolutely. And so I spent most of my life thinking that I'm broken and that I'm fucked up and that something's wrong with me. And when my wife uh, intentionally or unintentionally hits those notes, it's conflict Mm -hmm. because I don't need her to tell me that. I already feel that way about myself. I already feel broken. Stop telling me that I'm broken. You know, so we've had better growth starting from like, and I've been defending myself with her. Like, Good. I'm fucking okay exactly how I am. This is me. <sighs> and you know what I mean? This is where I'm at. <laughs> and let's just start there. Here's my hesitancy with that. Because I 100% agree with you. Like, I don't think we can make growth and change in our life starting from a place of I need to be better or different than I am right now. Right? I do believe it starts with accepting hey, this is where I got to, this is where I am, and I'm a human, and that's still okay. And I just need to, like, relearn how to fucking enjoy life, honestly, because that's what I'm realizing lately. Nobody showed me how to enjoy life. They showed me how to be fucking miserable in life. And that's what I do a lot of times when I sit alone and and nothing stops my thinking from just going by itself. And, like, I guess my hesitancy is to say at all times I am okay just as I am does not account for the times when I am not recognizing my nervous system has taken over and I'm not being me. Because when my nervous system takes over, it shuts down my frontal lobe and it shuts down what I know to be Jason, this this compassionate connecting guy. And so if I just claim in any moment that I am okay right now and allowed to be this way, I can justify anything. Because as soon as my nervous system gets active, it says, Jason, Here's a fear. This thing is going to happen in the future. And in order to avoid that, which is going to be catastrophic, you are allowed to do whatever the fuck you have to do right now. Everything is on the table. It's all justified because you can't go there. Got to avoid that. And in that moment, I am not human anymore. I am not Jason anymore. And I cannot say that I am okay here because I am hurting people around me. Yeah. And like, but I, so if I can't see them when those moments are, how can I say I'm okay this way too and i agree but i don't think that happens just from me thinking about it and it definitely doesn't happen in those moments when i'm already triggered mm-hmm. like where i improve in those areas are at least for me what i believe is exercise meditation diet it's it's all the like precursors mm-hmm. to healthier mental state that gives me a place to not just to let that nervous system take over. Mm. You know what I mean? Like 10 years ago, the situation with the dog and my son would not have went down this way. Right. And I don't know 
you know, how much of that is just from information that I've gained or how much of that is because I do certain things through meditation and exercise and all that to calm my nervous system yeah, you know, well, and maybe it's both, and you know, and in it takes my mind, all of that, <laughs> the awareness too, yeah. right? You had the forethought; you knew ahead of time that day what was what was coming for you. So yeah. that awareness gave you the ability to be more prepared in the moment, so your nervous system didn't go as haywire, right? Because you saw it coming, right? And that's what I think a lot of this is. So when you say I'm a hundred percent great, right where I'm at, I'm like yes, and I think. Maybe there's a struggle for you to see your nervous system dysregulation because it's not fight or flight energy. Right. You know what I mean? So maybe there's a times when you're missing that you're dysregulated because it doesn't feel dysregulated necessarily. It mm. feels, oh, calm, right? right. I'm fine. I'm okay. <laughs> and I yeah. think recognizing those times would be much more helpful for you from this place of acceptance because you can say, okay, I- I'm seeing that now. And it's helped, you know, it's, and you had said this earlier, like it's helped me to get into a, a place of stop judging things from like right or wrong or good or bad or should be this way or ought to be that. Like I really, right. like I recognize that's a struggle for me because I'm an absolutist on, you know, this is the right way. This is how it should be. Yeah. This is ideal. And when I get yeah. stuck there, it limits me. So mm-hmm. if I can just be like, this is what it is with all it's good and all it's bad. And so if I can just recognize, you know, what the, that's it. And there I use good and bad anyway, cause I don't have another descriptor, but <laughs> right. Like, you know, if I, I, that way I can recognize the, get a full picture and then try to be like, all right, so this is a, a better way to deal with it. This may be not so good. And, and, but when I'm at a place of like, this is the right way to do it, right. and we just got to all head down this fucking path, and if anybody goes off this path, it's my responsibility to get right, them all right, back right. on the same path. Using whatever means necessary. Right, <laughs> right, right. right. Bullying, whatever Yes. Yeah. So the interesting thing, and this doesn't help me at all, but I think Dave has said this on every fucking time he's come on the episode, <laughs> and he said it again last time, and his version of that recognizing that is when he is making everything one thing. And like, I wish I could use that because it seems so goddamn helpful, but like my brain is not there to access that kind of thought in right. that moment. Like I am just better at recognizing that I am out of my, my fucking mind. Like right. there's too much going on. I'm trying to force shit. I feel awful. It's terrible. Pressure. Yeah. No. So kind of circling back around to where we started, where you said my body doesn't like to, you didn't say these words. I'm saying it my way. <laughs> my body can't tolerate the experience of hope. Or, or of whatever, like there's something here that I'm trying to avoid by being practical and just saying, let's go this route and it's over. And, and you got emotional saying that, right? And I literally think that's what you were avoiding. Hmm. We spend our whole lives. It's like when I spend four days dreading doing the dishes and then I finally get the ability and the, the energy and I go do them and it takes me 12 minutes. Right. We spent a lifetime avoiding the scary ass feelings we might have. I think that's what you're trying to avoid. And I think right here, right now, as you're being willing to do what your family is asking and recognizing that your body is saying, fuck that. But you're going to do it anyway because you love those people. I think you're going to cry a couple of times over the next couple of days. And I think that's it. I think that's what we've been avoiding all these years, Billy. Oh, yeah. And if yes. you need a hug while you're experiencing that, buddy, call me. <laughs> like, 
Well, and immediately I go to the, you know, our, our other, we had a previous dog that had to be put down. You know, she had Lyme's disease and she was a 13 or 14 years old. She lived a long life and was a wonderful dog and got sick. Mm. So it was definitely time to put her down. And, uh, when we had to go put her down, like I went by myself to the vet to put her down, you know, super sad. I was like, and there's almost, I don't want to say a resentment. I don't know if it's a resentment, but it's like, that's what you guys are going to do. Like, I'm going to be dealing with all this by myself Mm. again this time, Mm. you know, Mm. that feels like this cycle or pattern or established roles in my house that I have been coming up against lately or seeing or noticing. Um, Let me try to describe it the way I've been saying it. It feels like everybody in my house has some level of I pick up after myself, I tend to the house, I clean up, I take care of things this way, right? From from the person in the house that's the person that like, you know, sets their book down and it's got the even edges on the counter it's on and they wipe the dust off of it and blow on it, like to the person who like, takes a book and they lost it three weeks ago because they don't remember when they brought it home. (laughs) And, and what I've been seeing it as is like, it's almost like everybody's got their level of where they've been trained to do it. And and some of that's age wise, right? The four year old's not going to be as good as the 18 year old, but there's always a place where they stop and somebody has to come behind them and do something or it gets undone. Mm -hmm. Right. And, and what it feels like for me in my role is that I'm the last guy in the line. Mm. I'm the adultiest adult in the house in my mind, right? So like the four-year-old doesn't do it. Maybe somebody else comes along, but when nobody comes along, it shit falls down on me. When nobody takes the trash out when it's full, it falls down on me. It's got to be done. It falls down on me. And that's what I've been trying to express to my partner is, hey, Everything that gets beyond you and goes past you as too much adulting for you to do, if I don't do it, it ain't getting done. Like, I'm picking up all your slack, <laughs> like <laughs> all the loose ends. And, and and I think there's been some receptivity to, like, being able to see that from her end. But I, it's weird, and I feel like you're describing the same thing to me right now, is, is mm. at some level... When it gets to be so much, like all these people want a new dog, they'll love it for three months and then it's going to become my job because at the end of the line, I'm the adultiest adult in the house. And I guess what I'm saying is I'm fucking tired of being that guy. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I, I don't know, because immediately I think, well, what about the people that do all the shit that you're not doing? Like, you know, there's all that shit. To, and at least in my house that happens, like a lot there's of times- dishes get done and laundry gets done and it i'm not doing that right right right. and or things do get cleaned up that i'm not sometimes it takes a little bit of like hey the house is a mess i really need you guys to pick up stuff um but i for lack of a better way of saying it like we fall into more like what i'll call like traditional sexist type roles Mm -hmm. you know i'm doing the yard work or my son's doing all the yard work and outside maintenance and you know um any maintenance stuff on the house repairs things like that right you know the the my wife is better at doing the dishes and the laundry and so we've got know, a we've got an odd system that doesn't fit your typical even system even though yeah we would say we're not like right 
sexist home in that no, way. Gotcha. It just sort of works out. Well, and, and look, I think some of it falls along those lines from what we learned, what we saw from our caregivers. It doesn't mean it's wrong, right? It's just, is it comfortable and is it healthy and is it working? Yeah. But I guess in, in my system, there's an added two grandparents, right? And, and the way it goes down is um, grandmom is doing the dishes and the laundry, which is very appreciated. But it still leaves me with a feeling of there ain't much getting done that I ain't the one doing. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> you know, at, at least in my partnership. Yeah, there's people right. in the house doing extra stuff, and I appreciate that. Thank you. But my partner doesn't seem to be pulling her weight is what it feels like. Mm. It feels like a lot of shit ends up falling on me that everybody else is just good with being distracted and oblivious and ignoring. And I want done. Maybe they don't want it done as bad as I do. I get that. But for me to be okay y'all gonna have to do some of this stuff like i can't be the only guy doing it um picking up after all the people and, I, and i'm not saying i'm the only person that does it and look i will tell you i have been very encouraged by the results of me trying to go about this differently um because people are doing more and it's been lovely but i i've been trying to approach it from this place of of saying it kind of like that like who do you think comes and does that when you leave it undone like what person comes behind you when your mail is sitting there or when your dishes ain't washed or when the food gets left out overnight? Like just asking, like yeah. who who's the one doing that? Like, And maybe that's the question. Who's going to be the one taking care of this dog in four months or in seven months when it's not as fun or what this looked like before? But I, I don't think I'm saying it the right way, I guess. All I can think, though, is I look at all the – my – fault in all that like i as much as i can point out the things that i do that they're not and maybe it's different in your house but i can see like what i mean by that is i'll bring home you know we're doing this bathroom remodel thing and i'll bring home stuff that i just ordered and picked up at the supply store earlier that day and i'll fucking sit a whole box of shit right in the middle of the living room and I'll be fine with that because it's my box that I sat there and I know what it is and it doesn't need to be sitting there in the middle of the middle of the living room. Well, that bitch can sit there for three weeks and I'm a hundred percent fine with yeah, looking at it yeah, every day. <laughs> but as soon as the kids come in and sit some box of shit or their shoes are in the middle of the floor, it's like, what oh, is your that. shit doing in the middle of the floor? Like, why don't mm -hmm. you get this out of there? Mm -hmm. And they could easily say to me, well, you got a box sitting right, there in the right, middle of the floor. Right. It's been here for weeks. Like right. what? But it's my box, and I know what it is, right. so it's fine there. Right. But when it's your stuff, it's not okay there. Oh, I definitely. So got I see that. that in my house a lot. <laughs> I definitely got that. I definitely got yeah. that. There's no doubt in my mind. We are all biased to ourselves. <laughs> right. I mean, how can you fucking not be? You're in your own body. Right. But I don't think there's nothing wrong with that either, right? No. I think that's fine, and, and I'm glad we recognize it, right? Because hopefully, I think I see it a lot more when it's happening, and I don't <laughs> act like that. But I, I guess the thing. I'm trying to get to when saying this is I play a role in that. I play a role in the fact that everybody in my house doesn't pick up after themselves and it becomes mine. And the role I play is that for all these years, what I've done is just been mad about it or done it myself. Mm. I have never held them accountable to me. Yeah. I have never said, Hey, you're my wife. You're accountable to me. And I'm tired of picking up after you in this way. Oh, yeah, I get that. And, and like, that's the thing that's been helping me is to, to do the hard part on my end instead of just doing the things after yeah, people and picking up is saying, I need to hold you accountable now out of love because you're hurting me. Yeah. And see, so I used to 
like hold them accountable in worse for, ways. Uh, yes, yeah, for everything in, in like bad ways. Same. Yeah, and, that didn't work. You know, it was like, and now it's I don't know. I I I feel like I try to be like fifty fifty. Like mm-hmm. my son's shoes are in the middle of the floor yeah. every day, and his yeah. shit's everywhere. And a lot of days I'll just pick him up. And then some days, like if he's down there in the kitchen, I'll be like, "Hey man, can you come get your shoes? They don't need to be in the middle of the floor. Just pick them up and put them over right. where the other shoes are, just so we don't trip over them." But I try to do it like in that way, yes. instead of like, "Hey, come get these fucking shoes." Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> No, and that's and that's what I think it is, right? There was a part of me that said I wasn't allowed to complain unless it was from that place. Right. Waiting until yeah, yes. it was that overreaction. Yeah, yes. and like and like you said, I'm not like a, a a a dictator with it. Like once it's way better and it's only a few things, I can pick up a few things for the people right. I love. I don't have no fucking problem with that. It's when it's everything everywhere. Well, I can't the, keep up. The other thing I never got in my house that I've gotten better with you know, and my wife too, is like appreciating when things are good. Like if we come home and things are picked up or the dishes are done, like letting them know, Hey, I see that you took care of that today. I really appreciate it. It's a huge help for the rest of the house. And those are the, like, again, the kind of conversations we try to have Mm -hmm. if things feel like, because we always go back and forth between, it'll be like a couple of weeks where it feels like everyone's contributing and pulling their weight. Mm -hmm. And then it'll get to the place where just like, it feels like the house is a mess and nobody's doing anything. Yes. You know, and so then we'll have like a sort of family get together powwow of like, Hey, we're real busy. We need you guys to pick it up a little bit. Like there's, there's not enough going on around here. You know, and that seems yeah. to work. I don't know I, for I, a week or two, and right, then it goes right. <laughs> well, and and in general, I think that's life. Yeah, I think everything we do is going to be let's try to get better at this together, cooperate, and make it work for all of us a little better, and it will be a little better, and then it won't be, and then we'll do it again. Right? Like, I think that's just what we do every day in life. Um, but yeah, I think that's the way to do it. Right? Just that that. My job now in my mind is to be the one to be able to stay aware and on top of when it starts going bad so that I can just report back to the system immediately and not ever get mad. Hmm. I just want to tell you all as soon as I can. Hey, that thing happened. I didn't like it, right? I I get it. You can be mad. You can say you have a right to do it. I'm not telling you you don't. I'm just telling you when you do it, it sucks. Right. (laughs) That's it, right? Let's move forward from here and see what we can do. That's my job. And I, I didn't know that. I didn't realize my job is to report back to the system just in a way that I can be heard. Mm. And that's been a fucking challenge for me. So so there's a part of me that's been like with this whole, you know, the dog, putting the dog down. There's a part of me that's like, all right, this opportunity for me to teach my son the, the tough lessons of life and maybe he'll... I'll get him to come with me when we have to put the dog down. Mm. And, and, and I'm like, I don't know if that's good or bad. Mm. You know, I don't know if that's a situation I want to have him deal with. And maybe it's just a conversation with him of saying, yeah. hey, I, you Got know. there before I could get you there. Yeah. <laughs> of, of saying, like, you know, yeah. this is, again, not to, the old me is like, come on, this is the fucking realities of having a pet. You guys want to have pets? You're all coming with me. Right, We're all right. dealing with this. Like, yeah. you're going to feel it, too. well but but i think maybe there is a part to that not in that way obviously right but like maybe there is something to hey remember when we had that vote about taking a pet on like this is part of the reason i wanted to vote no i knew this day comes and it would hurt me and like 
I need y'all to go through the experience with me. One, to help carry me through it because it hurts. But two, because I need you to know what you're voting on next time you get a pet. Right. I need you to know the full experience. I don't think there's nothing wrong with that. That's beautiful. Yeah. I never learned those lessons. Like as a kid, we had a dog and, you know, I don't know. The dog died at some point and I don't even remember. Bro, we had a dog and it bit me and my parents couldn't tolerate my reaction because it wasn't even a hard bite. It was like a playful puppy bite. And I just (laughs) didn't know because I was little. And uh, they got got rid of it. Mm That was it. Oh, can't take that reaction. We'll make sure it never happens again. Let's get rid of that dog. Right. Mm. Oof. I don't know. I think we've wrapped up the dog, though. Yeah. I'm sorry about your dog, Billy. Yeah, it's really you. sad. Yeah, man. it's sad. <sighs> I got lots of hugs for you if you feel anything <laughs> about it, man. All right. Take care of each other out there. We'll see you next week. Have you found that listening to the Recovery Sort of podcast has helped you in your day-to-day journey? Please share the message of compassion and well-being with the loved ones in your life. Connect with us more at recoverysortof.com, Facebook, Instagram, threads, YouTube, and other social media spaces. And have a great week.